Back-to-back losses for Cowboy basketball puts any glimmer of hope to an end at making the NCAA tournament. Oklahoma State lost their second Bedlam matchup of the season. This one at home against an OU team. They lost at the buzzer. OU outscored Oklahoma State 42-34 in the second half. After Oklahoma State outscored OU 38-30, they forced overtime and won on that buzzer beater, outscoring Oklahoma State just 12-10 in OT. So Oklahoma State, despite an eight-point lead at halftime, couldn't hold on to it, and that uh, was was a big. That was the 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 nail got put in the coffin. The hammer was swung once. The the nail went almost all the way in, but wasn't quite in. There was still like a, a little glimmer of, of hope, and then that uh, that nail full swing, full swing right on in. Done uh, just yesterday by UCF, beating them 77 to 71. Oklahoma State had a four point lead at home against UCF, outscored by 10 points in the second half, and that is the big nail in the coffin, that final swing. Oh, you put the nail in, they swung the hammer once, and UCF finished the job. The Cowboys are now 4-11 and in Big 12 play, 12-16 and on the season, and with just three games left in their schedule, they, uh, they cannot finish 500 they they will finish under 500 and that's if they win out which is very unlikely having to go to Austin to play Texas and then Texas Tech at home and then BYU on the road so two road games in their last three it was going to be a miracle run at the end of the season to get there anyway there was a chance it, it looked like you pick up a couple of wins, you beat BYU at home, a ranked team, an upset, then you go on the road, you beat Cincy, but then losing Bedlam at home and losing to UCF at home just just does it for the Cowboys. There There is no real opportunity for Oklahoma State to make make any sort of of NCAA tournament I maybe not make any tournament period or go to any tournament period uh, I could definitely see them losing their last three games which would mean they would finish with a record of 12 and 19 that would make them four and 14 in big 12 play and they would be right there at the bottom with uh, West Virginia as far as who would be last now obviously there's a chance they go on a run in the tournament but they'd have have to, to win, and uh, they're going to have to win that extra game because they play in that first round because they will be one of the bottom uh, 11, 12, 13, or 14 seeds. And there's a real chance that they could even be the 14th seed, although unlikely because they hold the tiebreaker over West Virginia. Looking at the current standings for the Big 12 in basketball, Houston sits at the top at 12 and 3. They are 8 and 0 at home. Iowa State is 11 and 4. They are also 8 and 0 at home. KU 9 and 6 in Big 12 play, which is just unbelievable to see. They are 2 and 5 on the road in conference play, but 7 and 1 at home. Just not something we've seen or expected, especially bringing in Hunter Dickinson that we thought we'd see from this KU team. Baylor also nine and six in Big Twelve play. Texas Tech eight and seven. BYU eight and seven. TCU eight and seven. Texas OU and K State are all seven and eight in Big Twelve play. And then UCF at six and nine. Cincy at five and ten. And Oklahoma State and West Virginia both at four and eleven. Oklahoma State does have the head-to-head tiebreaker. 
looking at Big 12 teams that could make the NCAA tournament, Houston, Iowa State, KU, Baylor, Texas Tech, BYU, TCU, Texas, OU, K-State, I got a, I have a feeling that all those teams are locked in. I, I think there are 10 Big 12 teams that make the tournament. K-State might be the closest. It's just going to depend on how they finish out their schedule. But when you look at overall record, Houston's 25-3. and Iowa State is 22-6. and KU is 21-7. and Baylor and BYU are both 20-8. and Texas Tech is 19-9. TCU also 19-9. OU 19-9. Texas is 18-10. and They have the better Big 12 record. And then K-State 17-11. 15 and 12 UCF, 16 and 12 Cincy, both with sub 500 Big 12 records. If they're able to pull off a couple of wins, get a few more games over 500, get closer to 500 in Big 12 play, UCF with a chance to finish at 500 in Big 12 play, could see them positioning themselves. But I think anyone Oklahoma and above is in the tournament. I think K-State, UCF, Cincy are on the bubble. We'll see how uh, things things break out. But obviously a very big year for basketball in the Big 12. You lose OU and Texas, but you gain Arizona, Colorado, Arizona State, and Utah. So... I think next year it's going to be just as good, just as fun to watch, uh, and and still the best conference in the Big 12. Losing Texas and Oklahoma is not going to hurt them like it will uh, in, in other sports. But Oklahoma State looks good in football, looks good in some of the other sports, does not look good uh, currently where they are in basketball. And what does finishing this season if they are to lose out, which I wouldn't be surprised if they do, especially now that they're really not playing for much. The Bedlam loss was an emotional drain, and I think that carried over. Mike Boynton even said it carried over into the UCF loss, and I could see now where, hey, man, we went out. Maybe there's a chance you can make mix some things up, but those two losses put the nail in the coffin, and that, that, that should do it for the Cowboys uh, as far as any chances to make uh, any tournaments or make things interesting out of this season. But I, I think they'll finish 12-19, and 4-14 and in conference play. Um, even if they are able to win out, they're still 15 and 16. So, what does finishing below 500 mean for Mike Boynton and the Cowboys? I think Boynton gets uh, another year. I think he gets another year. He's very young, and when you look at players that could return, and it's not nearly as uh, not nearly as guaranteed as it used to be. Used to go, okay, he's a sophomore, he's a freshman, uh, he's he's coming back, right? He's coming back. Um, but it, it's not it's not as guaranteed as as it used to be. Um, so the Cowboys will see if they if they get some some guys back or not. But th- they are very young. Uh, that roster makeup is made up some really young players that have contributed to uh, two games and especially down the stretch. Young players, big part of those wins they picked up later in the season to make things at least a little bit interesting before those back-to-back losses. So looking at what Mike Boynton will have with the team makeup next year, Bryce Thompson uh, 
a senior, but with another year of eligibility, so he will or could be back, possibly back for Mike Boyden next year. Javon Small, a junior, he will be back. He led the team in scoring, averaging 14.6 points a game. You got junior Eric Daly. You had some freshmen in there, sophomore Garrison Williams, Keller, all those guys you'd think would be back. And then, uh, you know, John Michael Wright turned it on later in conference play. Wright, who is a graduate student, so he is done. I That's what I thought. I, man, COVID, I tell you what, the COVID year and transferring and redshirting has really messed with what I knew players were and weren't uh, as far as how much eligibility they have left. But you got guys who can play seven years. But John Michael Wright, a graduate student, uh, he he will be done. So there there are a lot of young pieces still coming back or should be back or could be back on this Oklahoma State team. Boyton, I think, one more year. You give him one more year with how young this team was, and players will be older, more experienced. They got a lot. Got a lot of young guys got a lot of experience. Bryce Thompson comes back final season with with what you have with the other younger players and then Javon Small where he really filled out into the role this year coming back next year hopefully as a senior uh, the team could look a lot better next year I, I was fireboiting early on but I think with how young the team was this year I, I think you give him one more year one more year and and I think we're good and if he can't figure it out in one year then or at least show that there's some improvement made after one year, you got to move on. You got to move on and and figure figure it out. It's rebuild time uh, because Oklahoma State really needs to be a basketball, a good, they don't have to be a basketball powerhouse. They're not a blue bud, but they should not be second to last or last in the Big 12. It just, that's not where Oklahoma State should be when you're talking about, when you're talking about basketball. Now, one thing, where they have seen success, especially early on, uh, Oklahoma State softball. Softball is 15 and two. They've won nine in a row. They uh, had a bit of a hiccup a couple weekends ago. They lost to Georgia. They lost to LSU. Some some heartbreaking losses. Games where they had leads and couldn't hold on to them. Some pitching woes, which you know are, they're not accustomed to. They rebounded pretty significantly. Uh, after that, a 3-0 win against Florida, an 11-6 win against Stetson, the huge 7-0 shutout win against fourth-ranked Washington, a 6-1 win against South Florida, 10-1 in five against Yale, 1-0 victory over Pittsburgh, beat Loyola Chicago 6-0, and then a doubleheader against South Dakota State where they won 11-2 in six and 10-0 in five. Just an impressive showing by Oklahoma State in their last nine games after losing the two out of three in that uh, what Clearwater Invitational. Yeah, the Clearwater Invitational where they lost to Georgia, lost to LSU, and had two games canceled in that tournament as well. But set, currently setting at 15-2, and two, they're ranked seventh. They're tied for sixth is what Division One softball rankings say, but they're in that seventh spot. Honestly, kind of surprised. I, I felt like they should have been higher. They still have Washington at four at 12-2. and two. They have LSU at five and 13-0. and 0. I think LSU deserves to be higher. I would say OU, Texas, LSU, Georgia, Oklahoma State, Washington, Duke. That would be how I would rank it, but uh, 
USA Softball, ESPN have it. OU, Texas, Georgia, Washington, LSU, Duke, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Clemson, Stanford. So that's how they round things out. Cowgirl Softball, they got off to a hot start last year and then stuttered middle of the year. But uh, now, now they are facing... Um, a hot start again, and let's hope they don't stutter. Uh, they don't stutter like they did last season. But they'll have uh, the Cowgirl Invitational this weekend, where they will take on Seattle and Drake. Those games are both tomorrow, so a short, short stint for the Cowgirl Invitational. Just two games on Friday. The they'll take on a Seattle team who is currently six and nine and coming off a 8-0 loss to number one ranked OU. They have an 8 a.m. game, so they, they will be their second game of the uh, afternoon against uh, Oklahoma State. They do play 8 a.m. against UMKC, and then they will play Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has the 3 p.m. game and then the 5.30 game where they take on Drake. Drake right now, not the rapper, Drake the college, not Drake the rapper. He's not playing softball against Oklahoma State. But the Drake Bulldogs, they are 6-4. and four. They're coming in, into this game off a loss to Indiana. They also play uh, UMKC uh, right before they play Oklahoma State. That's a 12-30. They have a 12-30, 5-30 game uh, where Oklahoma State will have a true doubleheader, back-to-back games, uh, and then that will wrap up their Cowgirl Invitational. The big one is the one, the middle of we- next week's matchup against Wichita State. Wichita State, uh, right there, they've beaten some ranked teams, they've lost some ranked teams. Uh, that is Wednesday. That game is a big one that I have circled uh, because Oklahoma State really struggled, softball did, against Wichita State softball last year. Dropped both games to them, and then they get into Big 12 play next weekend with a three-game stint against Baylor. So we'll see how uh, they continue to roll but man I really am excited about Oklahoma State softball right now Uh, let's look at uh, statistics how some of these Oklahoma State cowgirls have stacked up so far this season pitching continues to be such a strong point for the cowgirls and I really love and I talked about it a lot coming into the season I really love what Ivy Rosenberry has done in 25 innings pitch this year a .28 ERA a .88 whip and opponents have a batting average of .174 against her she's given up one earned run one run all year long and has struck out 28 batters good for second on the team I am very impressed with what Rosenberry has done and Oklahoma State has a very very nice three-headed monster when it comes to pitching Lexi Kilfoyle also a sub one ERA at .96 she has a .61 whip Opponents have a .138 batting average against her. She's given up just six runs. Only five of them are earned, and she has struck out 31. And then Kyra Acock, who has lowered her ERA. Her ERA was pretty high. It was up almost around six. It is down to 3.38, a 1.34 whip, a batting average against of .263, 24 strikeouts. Much more of a pitch-to-contact pitcher, which when they struggle – they generally are hit around a lot more. When you're a pitch-to-contact pitcher and not a missing bats pitcher, if you're giving up good contact instead of bad contact, you you generally get hit up a bunch, and you also leave the defense to make uh, more errors. She has given up 20 runs this year, but only 14 of them are earned, and she has gotten better. She looked really good in her last couple of outings after struggling just a bit 
uh, earlier in the season. But nine-game winning streak, this team looks very, very good. On the hitting side of things, several players with multiple home runs. Uh, Caroline Wong has been a great addition to this team. Five home runs, leads the team. She has 15 RBIs, which is second on the team. She has a 392 batting average. She's looked very good in 51 appearances. Claire Tim leads the team in batting average at 469. She's got two home runs, six RBIs. Uh, she has scored 18 runs. Uh, Rosie Davis has been nice pop as well. Three home runs for her, 409 batting average. She has 12 RBIs. Carly Godwin leads the team in RBIs with 17, 345 batting average. She has three home runs. Talon Edwards has four bombs herself. So the team hitting well and playing well, both in the circle, in the field, and in the batter's box. Uh, let me tell you, I'm very excited about Cowgirl softball. I was coming into the season. There were some question marks. Obviously, Kelly Maxwell leaves. You have a bunch of players that graduate, but the players that have come in and filled those positions are playing well, and you just got to keep it going, keep it rolling as we uh, get further and further into the season. You get into Big 12 play and some big games coming up next week. Those are four very big games for the Cowgirls coming up next week, Wichita State in the three-game series uh, against Baylor or they're holding on right now to being uh, one of the best teams in all of college softball. Looking at baseball, baseball had a, a fun weekend, uh, and this is just such so indicative of what college baseball is because you beat the number two team in the nation, and they're still ranked number two. You beat the number two na team in the nation, Arkansas, 2-1 in 14 innings, and then they get blown out in their next two games. An 8-1 loss against Oregon State and a 14-4 loss against Dallas Baptist. So Oklahoma State 4-4 four four currently in baseball. Uh, they take on a three-game series against Central Michigan. Then they'll get a day off and then turn around and play Utah Tech in back-to-back -back days at O'Brate. They have a nice run where they're at home for they're at home until March 10th. Uh, they play three-game series against Mercer the following weekend. So from the March 1st to March 10th, they have 10 games, sorry, eight games, eight games at home, and then they have the one-off Bedlam game in Norman uh, on March 12th, which starts Big 12 play for them. So a good chance with these next games at home, these next eight games at home to get that record up to 12 and 4 heading into the first bedlam matchup in the season. They start with Central Michigan who is 3 and 6 and they are coming off themselves a loss to DBU. So both teams coming off losses to Dallas Baptist. They lost 8-0, 16-7 and 16-3. Dallas Baptist, of course, one of the best teams in college baseball. They are currently ranked right at number 25, but they are 7-0 and I think will be higher. Uh, of course, Oregon State also uh, the sixth best team in the nation. So Oklahoma State faced 2-6-25 and 25 in three days. Went 1-2 and two with a win over that number two team. College baseball, very up and down, and it just depends on uh, who's hitting on any given day or uh, who's who's in that uh, who's on the mound uh, for the, for the pitcher because uh, baseball sometimes you have one really good guy sometimes you have two and your third guy there's a significant drop off and that's why you give up uh, 14 runs and a loss uh, but 
nice chance here to to go eight and zero in this homestand, and then head into Bedlam at twelve and four, feeling pretty good about yourself, and maybe uh, start getting into the discussion yourself about being ranked in the top twenty-five. So, I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.